What makes females with tic disorders different than their male counterparts? That's what I'd like to get into today. Hello, my name is Joseph Gerges, and I'm a medical student at the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland. And today, I'd like to discuss our paper titled The Influence of Sex on Tic Severity and Psychiatric Comorbidity Profile in Pediatric Tic Disorder Patients. This is a cross-sectional study of a clinical cohort of tic disorder patients. The aim of this paper was to investigate how girls and boys with tic disorders differed in terms of their tic severity, tic-related impact, and psychiatric comorbidity profile. Our paper had three main takeaways. Firstly, that females may have a different natural history in terms of tics compared to males. Secondly, that females with tic disorders may be underdiagnosed in terms of ADHD compared to males. And thirdly, that females with tics may have increased depressive symptoms and may represent a higher risk group. So to get into the methods of the study, this study was conducted at the Tourette Syndrome and Pediatric Movement Disorder Clinic at the Alberta Children's Hospital in Calgary, Alberta. During the first visit to this clinic, a diagnosis of a tic disorder was made and their symptom severity was measured using the Yale Global Tic Severity Score scale. In addition, all the patients were screened for common psychiatric comorbidities in Tourette Syndrome. This includes ADHD, OCD, anxiety, and depression. And this was done using validated questionnaires. Then finally, using those questionnaires in addition to medical records and structured interviews, whether or not they had a psychiatric comorbidity was determined according to DSM-5 criteria. So then after all this data was collected, we used the Mann-Whitney U-test or a T-test to compare the average questionnaire score between males and females for each questionnaire. The U-test was used when our results were not normally distributed. Additionally, we used logistic regression to compare the rates of psychiatric comorbidity diagnosis between males and females. And then finally, we used linear regression to plot the relationship between age and tick severity. So getting into the results, there were 270 participants with 212 males and 58 females. This gender imbalance reflects the preponderance of tick disorders amongst males. The average age of symptom onset was 6.4 in females and 6.5 in males. The average age of evaluation was 10.8 in females and 10.4 in males. 80% of our cohort had Tourette syndrome with an additional 10% having persistent motor tic disorder, an additional 9% having provisional tic disorder, and 1% having persistent vocal tic disorder. Now getting into the questionnaires, we found that females reported significantly higher severity in regards to their tics, specifically in regards to motor tics and their global tic severity score. We also found that females scored significantly higher on the depression questionnaire. However, there was no significant difference between males and females when referring to ADHD, OCD, or the anxiety questionnaires. Now, when looking at the rates of diagnosis, we see a different picture. Although there was no significant difference in ADHD scores when comparing males and females, females were much less likely to get diagnosed, with a significant odds ratio of 0.48. Now, when plotting tic severity against age in our linear regression, we see a clear relationship with tic severity increasing with age within our cohort. This was true for motor tics, vocal tics, global tic severity, and tic-related impairment scores. For motor tics, tic-related impairment, and global tic severity score, we see that females are higher than males at every single age. And this difference is significant in terms of motor tics and global tic severity score. So now getting into the main takeaways of our paper, as I previously stated before, there are three main takeaways. Number one, that females may have a different natural history in regards to tics than their male counterparts. Number two, that females may be underdiagnosed in regards to ADHD. And three, that females with tics may have higher depressive symptoms and may represent a higher risk group. So our study did identify that at all ages measured within our study, females reported significantly higher tics than their male counterparts, specifically in regards to motor and global tic severity. It is important to note though, that although these differences are significant, they're clinically somewhat small. The average male reported a 33 out of 100, 
and the average female reported a 39 out of 100 in regards to their global tick severity score. There are a few potential reasons for this. It could be due to different levels of reporting, different levels of psychosocial stress, or sexual dimorphism in the maturation of neural networks. I'd also like to point out that other recent papers have identified differences in males and females in regards to tick disorders. This includes the finding that although males are more likely to have symptom regression as they go into adulthood, females are actually more likely to have symptom expansion as they go into adulthood. These findings from other papers, in addition to our own findings, point to the fact that there may be a different natural history for females with tick disorders in comparison to males. It is important to note that while we did see a different evolution of ticks between males and females, the average age of onset was the same, around six. This is important in distinguishing our cohort of chronic tick disorders, mostly Tourette syndrome, from those with functional neurological ticks. Functional neurological ticks may also have a severe symptom profile in females, but would typically present later in life. Our ADHD findings are also quite interesting. Although males and females scored quite similarly on the Connors 3 ADHD rating scale, males were diagnosed 50% more often. It is possible that this reflects that ADHD is underdiagnosed in our cohort. This is in keeping with recent findings in the general population that have found that ADHD may be underdiagnosed in females. Reasons for this may include less prominent behavioral symptoms in females, an increased capacity to mask symptoms while at school in females, or different levels of maturational development in females, specifically in regards to self-control. And finally, the last big takeaway of our paper is the potential identification of females with tick disorders as a high-risk group for depressive symptoms. Our study found that females scored significantly higher on the CDI depression scale. Additionally, as I previously mentioned, other papers have found that tick disorders in females are more likely to persist into adulthood. Persistence into adulthood has been identified as a significant risk factor for suicide. Given this information, in combination with our findings, highlights the fact that females with tick disorders may be a high-risk group who may need extra attention from the healthcare system in regards to potential suicidal ideation or depressive symptoms. Thank you very much for watching, and a link to our paper should be in the description below.